Hello and welcome back to the Church of Jesus Christ study session with Come Follow Me. I'm your host Matthew Roberts and this is series 3, episode 153 of this daily study podcast. Thank you once again for joining us today as we conclude this week's study of our Come Follow Me materials, covering May the 24th to May the 30th, Doctrine and Covenants 58-59. to And today we're going to finish section 59, um, beginning with um, this verse which says, uh, verily in verse 16 verily i say unto you inasmuch uh, verily i say that inasmuch as ye do this the fullness of the earth is yours the beasts of the field and the fowls of the air and that which climbeth upon the trees and walketh upon the earth so the lord is saying to the saints that if they keep the sabbath day holy and also would w- live in fasting and prayer uh, because in verse 13 it talks about preparing their food with singleness of heart that their fasting may be perfect or their joy may be full, then the fullness will be theirs of the earth. Now, this may refer to um, a blessing that will come in the future. It may refer to a blessing when uh, at, at this moment. Um, but what we can be sure of is that there will be blessings that attend those who aim to keep the Sabbath day holy, as we talked about yesterday. And an, an abundance will come to them. Um, and he starts to teach them about how you know the, the earth is for the use of man. In verse 18, it says, Yea, all things which come of the earth in the season thereof are made for the benefit and the use of man, both to please the eye and gladden the heart. Um, Susan W. Tanner said this, quote, Moderation and appropriateness should govern all of our physical desires. A loving Heavenly Father has given us physical beauties and pleasures both to please the eye and to gladden the heart, but with this caution, that they are to be made to be used with judgment, not to excess, neither by extortion. My husband used this scripture to teach our children about the law of chastity. He said that the word extortion means to literally twist out or against. Our use of the body must not be twisted against the divinely ordained purposes for which it was given. Physical pleasure is good in its proper time and place, but even then it must not become our God. I really liked that quote because it outlined and helped explain further the reasons for the law of chastity. Um, not allowing this particular aspect of our our mortal experience to become our God, to rule and dictate our lives, to be to come before God and our families, um, and I think that that is an important uh, teaching and an important message because obviously when you first read verse eighteen, it kind of makes me jump to the thoughts of you know eating meat sparingly and um, you know material wealth, like not making that the focus of your life and and so on. But actually, it's all about the, the human experience with with the body as well. Uh, and so I thought that was interesting. But uh, we come to verse 21, which I wanted to kind of focus on today, where it says this, And in nothing doth man offend God, or against none is his wrath kindled, save those who confess not his hand in all things, and obey not his commandments. Um, I thought this was particularly interesting because, you know, we, we talk about um, what we need to be doing, uh, how we can please God, why it is important to please God, and so on. Um, and, you know, presumably we, we would think, oh, well, you know, if we, if we live the gospel, keep the commandments. And yes, it does mention the commandments here, of course. Um, but one thing that we don't often talk about is how, you know, none is his wrath kindled. No one offends God unless they don't, unless they can, don't confess his hand in all things. Basically, if they don't show gratitude, and recognition that all the blessings that we have come from God. Um, Elder Dale G. Renlund said this, quote, 
I do not think that God is insulted when we forget him. Rather, I think he is deeply disappointed. He knows that we have deprived ourselves of the opportunity to draw closer to him by remembering him and his goodness. We then miss out on him, drawing nearer to us and the specific blessings he has promised. Close quote. And I think one example of this, an illustration of this, is obviously with the Nephites in the Book of Mormon. Um, the times where things were going wrong, where where iniquity would, would creep in, where um, things would begin to become a problem, was when they were blessed with great things, but they forgot the hand of the Lord in it. Um, there was times when they were blessed with great things, and they remembered the Lord, and they continued to receive great things. Um, but it was when they didn't confess his hand in all things, um, which was an important uh, distinction between, um, you know, developing well and then something being a problem. So I think that's an important message to take away from this, is that whilst we keep the Sabbath day holy and whilst we aim to, to live, um, you know, the so that we may keep ourselves more unspotted from the world, we need to recognise this the, the Saviour's impact in our lives. Um, and in verse 22, it then says, Behold, this is according to the law and the prophets. Wherefore, trouble me no more concerning this matter. I find that an interesting uh, an interesting phrase, an interesting um, discussion as well. Um, because, you know, why would the Lord say, well, don't talk to me anymore about this? You know, he's a all-loving God who, who wants us to pray to him at any time and uh, wants to hear us call to him. So why would he say to not trouble him anymore concerning a matter in particular? Well, Richard L. Evans said this, quote, The phrase, trouble me no more in this matter, which, as stated, appears in a number of places which would seem to have been an indication from the Lord to the prophet Joseph Smith and his associates that when principles have been given, when the mind and the will of the Lord have been made known to the prophet, he and his people should proceed in accordance with those principles without unnecessarily seeking out further instruction or further troubling the Lord concerning things which they already knew. Close quote. I suppose this is why things like studying out the scriptures um, is an important aspect of our worship, because if we were able to live our lives and to make decisions by just seeking the will of the Lord in every, inst in every instance, um, then we would not need uh, to have to read the scriptures, in theory, because you could receive all the guidance and direction and fulfillment by receiving the answers from the Lord. He wants us to become more independent. He wants us to become more self-reliant in the decisions that we make. This is not to say, of course, that we shouldn't call upon his name um, because that's what he does want us to do. But in instances where, you know, there is something that has already been said on the matter and we know that teaching or we understand it, then we shouldn't need to call on the Lord and ask about it um, because we already know the answer. Um, and, you know, it, it obviously it could be a huge list of things that we wouldn't need to call upon him for and a huge list of things that we would need to call upon his name for. And so I'm not going to try and list those out right now. Um, but it's something worth thinking about is thinking about, you know, do we know the answer already even before we get on our knees? Uh, and if so, go try it out and then perhaps pray and see if there's anything further. Uh, that's probably what the, the pattern that the Lord would wish would wish us to try and do, uh, rather than just fall into our knees before we even try and think for ourselves. Finally, in verse 23, it says, But learn that he that doeth the works of righteousness shall receive his reward, even peace in this world and eternal life in the world to come. 
And once again, we see this important teaching that the blessings of righteousness do not just come in the life hereafter. They are not a bank accounts that we're setting up in store for when we leave this life. They will bring peace and joy and prosperity in this life if we live them diligently. President M. Russell Ballard said this, quote, Peace, real peace, whole souls to the very core of your being, comes only in and through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. When that precious truth is discovered and gospel principles are understood and applied, great peace can distill in the hearts and souls of our Heavenly Father's children, said the Saviour through Joseph Smith. It is sometimes amazing to see the difference this peace can have in the lives of those who accept it, close quote. We probably do not recognise, we probably do not understand uh, or you know, comprehend the peace that can come into our lives until we start living the gospel and live it on a daily basis. And even when perhaps, you know, someone leaves the gospel and they lose that opportunity to receive that peace, they may not recognize that because they have a different focus in their lives. And I think that is something which is difficult to explain. It's difficult to explain that the peace that comes from the gospel unless someone has has, has lived it. However, we can do our best and try to lift our voice and teach others about it. Thank you very much for listening to this study today. Hope you've enjoyed it and enjoyed this week of study. Look forward to seeing you tomorrow where we'll um, share something else uh, that's different to what we've been studying uh, as a break. And then on Tuesday, we'll recommence our Come Follow Me studies. Thank you very much for your time and until we meet again.